Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Today we have JV. JV is a divorcee from an arranged marriage, a father to a very special little boy with autism. He's gone down a spiritual path to enlightenment after hitting rock bottom. JV, what's going on? I want to begin with the divorce. This marriage never should have happened. I was forced him to do something that I never wanted to do because this is an arranged marriage. I didn't want her to marry her. I just married to make my dad happy. Back then I was so immature. Not thinking too much. It just, it's also from our culture. I don't know if you know about the Indian culture. It's, you know, back in the days, it's a norm. The problem was she's actually not from India. She's from Sri Lanka. Even though she spoke the same language, Tamil, that we spoke, her way of life was different. And it was never a right match uh, from my cultural upbringing, if you will. It is sad, but you know, you make a mistake. And in this case, it's a very costly mistake. But I learned a huge lesson and, um, and I learned a lot of things from it. I have my son out of it. I think that's a positive. Okay. We definitely need to talk about arranged marriage. Honestly, most arranged marriage in India works really well because the families are heavily involved. And if there is an issue, they will get involved. They resolve it. The problem with my case was I never liked her, number one. That's a bad thing. Right out of the bat, that's bad, number one, right? The second thing is the arranged marriage happened in Sri Lanka, but then we moved to the U.S. Family were never involved after the wedding. They're all gone. They're living in India and Sri Lanka. That's why it didn't work out. The difference between us is too, too, too high, I mean, too much. She's not Indian culture. She's not the Sri Lankan culture. She's not the Western culture. She was somewhere in the middle. How does the arranged marriage system work? You go to a service, matrimony matchmaker service. So you go there, you give her all the details, age, occupation, what do you do, where do you live, your parents' name. So I didn't do none of it. My parents did it for me, okay? So they went to this guy in India. So they registered all the information. And then likewise, her family did the same thing for her with the same guy. So he tried to match it up and he said, oh, Maybe this might work for you guys. So that's how that set it up. I mean, that's how it happened. And, and uh, you know, he sets it up. And then I went to see her from here. I traveled to Colombo. And I really think about all these things, like all these things happen so fast. I didn't really have time to think and process. And I was so blind. This is the single biggest decision you t- take in your life. You're your partner, your spouse. Now I, I see the importance of it. But back then I was called lucky guy. Like, How old were you? Only three twenty-four, something like that. Yeah, there was not much age difference between us either. Like this was just like nine months difference. Uh, so she was probably more mature than I. I go to Sri Lanka. Plus, I'm I, I'm already working in the states. You know, I had like two weeks time off. Okay, what are you gonna do? So I traveled there. I saw her one evening, and then the next day I did lunch with the family, the whole family, and the family was always there. That we never went on a date. And the next day I took a plane to go to India. And then the next time I saw her at an official engagement. And then after the engagement, I got married. That's it. And the next time I saw her after the engagement was at the wedding. That's it. So tell me about the engagement. The engagement happened in India, the official one. Her sister was living in India. 
so we went there and we all got together and it was like you know each exchange the rings and then from dinner party family members i was not feeling it it's just it just happened so fast i saw her and then i saw her the first time first day i got to sri lanka and then we got engaged within the 10 days the second time i saw her and then the wedding was arranged within 3 months after that i got back to the us after the engagement right we were planning the wedding remotely on the computer <laughs> and then i saw her on the wedding day 3 months later so do you feel like love can come from that type of arrangement yes it can happen they say that love starts after marriage after wedding you have to give something to get something kind of thing but it usually it works out like i said before because of the family involvement so divorce is always the last thing usually it never happens <laughs> people people live forever most of the time my parents they they fight even till date but still they're still together <laughs> but i think they have an understanding right we never got to that deep understanding that was a huge problem too who doesn't have problems we all have issues if there is no issue then i will question that wedding and marriage the success really depends on how well you talk about it how well you resolve it how much you want to give in give out you know sometimes you got to compromise if you don't have that deep understanding it's very difficult to resolve even small things do you want another arranged marriage no <laughs> In fact, I don't even know if I want to get married again, to be honest with you. One is enough. So are you on Tinder? No, I'm not actually. I don't believe in online dating. I don't know why. I'm kind of I like to meet the person. It's hard to create those situations like a traffic jam. Exactly. Of course I go on dates. At what point in your marriage were you like this is over? The marriage never took off. From the get-go we had issues, and I started to look at like I never liked it. Okay, I married her. maybe i see some signs of some likability that never happened and again i probably attribute that to the the deep understanding that we never got and then her endless demand she always demands stuff from me i felt like i was i've been used because she came to this country i sponsored her visa and stuff one day i found out her father's real motive was to send all their kids out of sri lanka because it's a war torn country i felt like i was used uh, get her out of the country i felt like a victim i mean i hate to use that word because i am not a victim but when you piece it together all these things like everybody has an agenda right she had an agenda they their family had an agenda i didn't know about it yes i wanted you know divorce her but it didn't happen overnight i gave her a lot of opportunities to see if any nothing changed and it actually went really bad right she actually blamed me she said our son is autistic that's because of you So that was icing on the cake. I said, "No, I'm done. I'm done. Bye-bye." <laughs> Took 5 years to deal with that and and at at some point you got to say no to something. I really consider for my son a lot. I mean, that was the big biggest sadness of the whole thing. But if I'm not happy, I mean, in a relationship, it has both parties involved. You have to be happy. I have to be happy. There is no happiness. A lot of people ask me, "Oh, you divorced her because you had an autistic child?" Actually not. In fact, I actually would have divorced her right away if it is not for my autistic son it took 5 years because i gave so many opportunities i tried so many things to see if things will change it didn't he actually saved her from getting divorced right away i'm surprised that people would ask you that yeah i mean most people will say the common things because common sense is not common at the end of the day it's your life you decide what you want to do I listened so badly to my parents. I mean, look at this marriage. Why this happened? Because I wanted to please my father. 
I had someone today tell me to be careful on some of the stories that I was doing because I could be further ostracized from my community. It's funny you say that. It, I had the same conversation, believe it or not, this afternoon with a friend of mine. He said, JB, I think we should start a podcast, you know, because we live in this mask. We need to get the mask off. I want this show to be unrestricted. I appreciate that. We're all human beings and we all make mistakes. We all do good stuff and life is not a straight line. Things happen. You know what? My dad said to interview everybody that wants to be interviewed and he also is okay with the interviews that I'm having. That's great. That's, that's great. No, that, that, I think you're doing the right thing. How did you discover that your child had autism? It was a challenging time. I mean, that's my first child. I'm the only child I have. Growing up and I had, you know, babysitted. I would go to my office. I wave hands. He would never wave anything or look at me. And then I come home. Normally, child, when, they, when you come home, doesn't matter who it is, they will come try to get attention and look at you and stuff like that. He would never do that. He would never make eye contact. So I thought that something is off. But his mother wouldn't. He would say, oh, he was fine in Sri Lanka. I think he's going to be fine. She wouldn't agree with me. I, I thought that something is off. So we took him to a doctor and he said uh, he has a PDD, which is pervasive developmental delay, which is kind of a primitive form of autism. Some people may have it, but then they grow out of it. So that's what she diagnosed with me initially when he was, I would say, 14, 15, maybe 19 months. I'm not exactly sure. So then I thought, okay, this is okay. Some kids have it. Maybe he'll be fine. But two years, he's still doing the same thing. Things were not getting any better. And he was not growing bigger either. No speech. He would say like, mama, daddy, go, but no sentence. I continued to feel like there's something still off. After two years, we went to another doctor. She diagnosed that he has autism. It just uh, hit me like a ton of bricks. I couldn't take it. I wouldn't even admit that to my friends. Or I wouldn't tell people that he had autism. Or it took me three months to have the courage to tell people uh, exactly the same way you said, like, you know, in our community, people judge you. What was that like exposing it? It is very difficult. It's very challenging to say that, especially uh, my parents. My parents, they didn't take it. Especially my father was so freaked out. He was like, uh, oh my God. And, you know, he's, my father's a very peculiar character. He's always upset, always negative thinking. My mom is completely opposite. She's very positive. My father is my biggest critic. It's really bad on him. So that's more important to him. I actually, for a while, very upset with myself. Like I could have done something different. Maybe I didn't do this right. I feel guilty about that sometimes. Books do not prepare you for no. parenting. Believe me, I was a grade A, straight A student all the time in college. That didn't help me with my life. Have your parents become a better support system now? Not really. I actually don't talk to my father anymore, in fact. I hate to admit that, but that's the truth. I talked to my mom. My dad still have that ego thing in his head and I'm tired of it. I finally come to the conclusion that it's all about him. He never had a great life in his life. He suffered a lot because he couldn't do certain things in his life. He wanted to live his life through me. Do you think your father has resentment towards you? Maybe I have. <laughs> he might have too. Uh, we both might have. I don't know. Maybe I should give up my ego too. Maybe I have some ego. When was the last time you tried to kill him with kindness? Uh, six months ago. What did that look like? It is sad. I mean, it is very sad. And uh, this is your dad. I mean, he did some good things for me. He gave me good education. How did they react to you ending up in jail? My grandparents, oh, they died before I got married. So they didn't see this horror. You went to jail. Oh my God. It's a shame. 
some people commit suicide. And you said you had those thoughts as well. I did. <laughs> I did. The only reason I didn't do that because because of my son. He needs me more than anybody else. How did you end up in jail? That night I got home late while we were going to divorce and I stayed with the family because I didn't want to go away from my son. It's a bad mistake. Got home. It was December 13, Tuesday. The first thing I do is go check up on my guy. So I went upstairs. Uh, that's where he sleeps. The first thing I noticed that the room was very hot, really hot. So my son had along with autism he had other diagnoses like sleep disorder eating disorder so one of the thing i did with him is uh, doing a sleep study and the doctor recommended him to have a temperature in the low 60s for him to sleep so being warm your body is active i said well look he's not sleeping and it's very hot here i know why he's not sleeping because it's hot stupid me i said i'm going to take a picture of the thermometer and then i'm going to show it to the doctor at least then you will listen he comes from the other room comes behind me running and push me while i was trying to take the picture <laughs> but likely the camera took the picture it was shaky but the camera took the picture of the temperature reading and then she calls her sister i think she told her to call the police so she called the cops told them that i pushed her and the cops showed up who do you think the cops going to listen to me or her they didn't even ask me what happened they just talked to her when yeah. you're in a situation like that you wait to express your opinion in court exactly what did that feel like it's very traumatic oh my god i'm still when i think i get emotional actually i'm sorry it should never happen to anyone it's very painful it's very painful to think about it you are very helpless and you are kind of completely like a human rights violation and then my son is there he's watching the whole thing it's very cruel no human should go through that what did she say about this in court he actually said i pushed her she said it again Yeah, she did it again. But you know what happened? My case was an interesting case. She was actually charged because she pushed me. So I filed a case against her. We went to a Sokash hearing in front of a town clerk and he saw the truth. He issued a complaint against this never happens. This happened in my case. That saved me. Otherwise I would have gone to jail for a longer time. and it had implication on my immigration my job situation all those things how were you even able to go to work i was shamed and I, oh my god i was like but luckily i had a good group of people in my office they understood my manager i wouldn't say we had a greater relationship but he when this happened i told him and i cried and he actually all of a sudden became one of my ally and he actually came to court a couple of times for me I was in the MLS with the monks. Okay, I want to hear about that. That's after the divorce all these things are completed. I got my green card. I wanted to rediscover myself. So that's basically after I hit the rock bottom, almost like a reset. So I went to Himalayas to find myself. Almost like man's search for meaning. Viktor Frankl. That's one of my favorite books. I went to Himalayas to do some meditation in search of searching my soul. So I stayed in a ashram in the Himalayas for 7 days with no phone, no internet, nothing. This situation Himalayas with the monks, you know, extreme cold weather situation. It really humbles you but you learn a lot. about life there. What was a day like? The monks they pray a lot. They don't eat much. Most of them, at least the people that I stayed with, they probably had like one or two meals. Even that meals like drinking just milk, just one meal a day. Most of them they meditate, they hike, they walk, they cook, they do very simple thing cleaning, 
washing clothes with all this extreme cold weather in place take a cold bath in the ganges river it's extreme cold weather and meditation and prayer meditation and prayer did you find any answers i did my meaning is my son was there a moment where that came to you yeah there's one time i was meditating and then um i had a interesting conversation with one of the monks they don't talk much most of them stay silent when you are really silent you can actually listen a lot the universe sends us a lot of messages i mean i'm not religious but i think definitely i believe that there is a power above us something bigger than you and i i practice a lot of stillness that's freeing how did you find out about that opportunity you know i was homeless a little bit too you know like i didn't know a place to live and and i i was really suffering mentally maybe depressed I wanted to find some peace within me. I wanted to get out of do something different. I want to get out of the US. As much as I like living here, I feel like we live in a very capitalistic world. When you come to this world, you cry. When you die, you sleeping. The other people are crying. That's it. That's that's all you need to know about life. Are you able to communicate these things with your son? I talk to him a lot. I mean, in fact, I talked to him. I think he gets it, but he still not talk. I mean, he still has words, no sentence yet. I'm hoping that he will speak. That's probably an optimistic hope. I'll be okay either way but you know if he if he talks it's a bonus if not it's okay does he hug you oh yeah he he's a touchy feely guy he likes to be touched and hugged and kissed that's sweet yeah so tell me about this organization that you started so autism collab so after coming back from himalayas it was very clear my mission is to do something about autism you know a lot of the times we all have pain that we have some pain right i'm not just talking about physical pain we don't need to think pain as necessarily a bad thing pain is some kind of energy shift happening in the universe it's giving you a message you need to read the message one out of 168 children is diagnosed with autism and then this covid thing happened all of a sudden everything is slowing down the whole world is slowing down i said maybe this is my time to start the running let's take this moment to run with it so this is basically a cloud based platform to help kids in the autism spectrum just think of it like amazon for autism anything you need for autism anything you want you go to that one place you get everything you need one stop solution we fail to recognize or fail to understand the pain the families go through also i also wanted to help the parents and the family who's going through so as much the child is going through the family is suffering too so we need to do something for them so this is a tool for them to collectively part of a community that supporting each other ultimately i want to find these kiddos jobs in the future because there's a huge discrimination out there but i'm working with companies like microsoft google to come up with some kind of job initiatives that will support and help these kids get hired for example my son is incredibly gifted with math and science you throw him a new puzzle he will solve in minutes it will take me 30 minutes he's incredibly special but he cannot speak. There's a reason why we call them special needs because they have a special talent. Has this helped with your pain? Yes. When you help somebody your pain goes away. When did you start discovering your son's talents? I actually started watching very closely after I got back from from the Himalayas and I started to really curiously engage with them. It really falls on the parents most of the time uh, to find what's the real talent to a child is. So it's a combination of you assessing the situation, you identify what's going on and then you work with the team. to solidify this is it and go with it. You said that your son is living in a group situation. What is that like? 
at the beginning of it, it's very sad because he's no longer with me. He's in a community now. But when I really think about it, that sadness coming from my selfish thing, because I want him to be here because that makes me happy. So that's selfish. It's best for him. Within a month and a half now, he's already making a lot of progress. He's happy there. He has friends. They do a lot of group things together. They go to community shopping, swimming, rollerblading. He's doing well now. So I'm happy about that. I'm happy for him. I believe you're writing a book. Tell me about that. I wrote Undying Optimism. That's really my memoir. That's my first book. Now, I don't have the exact title yet, but it will be something like either about the nonprofit work that I'm doing or it's about habits that make you a great human. Can you tell me what your morning routine is? So I wake up at 4.30. As soon as I wake up, I do a prayer. It's a meditation. For me, I just focus on my breath. When I say in, I'm inhaling all the goodness and exhaling all the bad stuff. Because every day we accumulate good stuff and bad stuff. So you need to constantly declutter yourself. I love that. Where did you get that from? From Himalayas. Most of the great things are free. Tell me one more beautiful thing that you've learned from your son. Patience. Oh my God, patience. I used to be very impatient. Patience and focus. Those are the two things. JV, thank you. Thank you. Wow. So powerful. Definitely not a surface conversation. Thank you. I cannot wait for my dad's response. Welcome to Better Call Daddy, JV. Three or four really deep subject matters to discuss. I think that uh, the first one is right from the beginning of your arranged marriage. After you started putting all the different factors together, you could understand what happened. And a lot of times you can't understand really what happened until you Monday quarterback after the game has been played. When you have an arranged marriage, and that this goes on even in the Jewish religion as well, it's very important, I think, that even though people are being arranged by their families, well, I got news for you. In any marriage, you need a good support group and family. And if the families aren't going to get along, it's very hard for the children to make it sometimes on their own, especially if the two families are not compatible and are fighting with each other right from the beginning. There's a couple of people in my factory. I even had a sister that married an Israeli so that he could come to this country and it didn't end up working out. This is not an unusual thing, but I think it's very important that we don't marry for the wrong reasons, whether they are arranged or even when you think you love someone. You know, we all got to learn and grow together. There's always going to be differences between men and women, but you have to have some type of foundation that you can build from, even in some of the other interviews. Look how important our parents, and including I'm guilty of doing the same thing, where I'm trying to still live some of my father's dreams or my grandfather's dreams or my grandmother's dreams or my mom living her mom dreams of trying to resolve certain things and certain opportunities that she wasn't able to do, where you hope that your children can carry on and do them for you. I like what you said. What was keeping you together with this woman for five years was because of your son and how you had to develop more and more patience, not only for your son, but for her. Learning how to handle these things where you went to the Himalayas to help you but also to understand some type of communication and mythology of being able to help your son. No matter what happened to get to this point, inhale the beautiful things of life and what you could do to make a difference for your son and for other people. And that's why you're in a direction that is absolutely beautiful. And I wanna congratulate you on increasing your patience level and being able to accept 
the good in life and overcoming some of the, the negative things in life. And as you stated, there's a lot of autistic children that are around, and some of them have great talents, and you want to emphasize even the good in that. ASD, or Autism Spectrum Disorder, is found in one in every 53 children. ASD does not show bias between any race, socioeconomic factor, or geographical stance. However, Autism Spectrum Disorder is four times more common in boys than girls. For more information, go to bettercalldaddy.com. We all have our own unique map, which helps us understand ourselves and others. Increased self-awareness is key in maximizing your career and life. The UMAP assessment reveals your strengths, values, skills, and interests. There is also a UMAP youth assessment for kids. To get your personalized UMAP, Go to myumap, that's Y-O-U dot com today. And make sure you use the code BCD, like better call daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com.